you protect what you love. Hunting is a life, not a lifestyle, it's a life. This is Hunters to show people how great of a job we're doing for conservation, providing for ourselves all the things you and I understand. I think you kind of owe it to the animal that you're hunting to be as prepared as possible. You know, as I get older, I appreciate the laughs and the time and the experience. Now, what's up, man? Oh, nothing. I'm sitting here watching TV, working on a video. What video? Um, my second Iowa bird right now. Yeah. Y'all have been, um, man, y'all, the past week looked like, because I've been keeping up with y'all, have been pretty productive. Am I right? Yeah. We really started uh, killing the heck out of them about, oh, Towards the end of April, probably about the 25th through the 27th of April and on, we've really had a lot of luck. Yeah. Um, before that, we was getting our butts kicked pretty well. But yeah, man. But before even um, I do that, I, I, I don't do this on purpose, but I do. I, uh, before we even get any further, I want to introduce you. Before we start going any further, uh, so I'm on the phone with Aaron Warbritton. Uh, I've Aaron has had to deal with knowing me for goodness. It's been. <laughs> Six, uh, 2012 was it? I think. Yeah. Yeah. 2012. And uh, he was just knee high to a duck, little whippersnapper late. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, yeah. Yeah. The first time I met you, I was bright eyed and bushy tailed, trying to figure out how to run a camera and film a hunt. <laughs> so, yeah, weren't we all, man? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Aaron is uh, one of the hosts of the Hunting Public. Um, which if you haven't seen it yet, in my opinion, and, uh, is one of the most, I guess, exciting and one of the most unique things going on, uh, in hunting media right now, as far as just something that's different and out of the norm. Um, and I'll let you kind of explain, uh, what it is. Cause I won't do it justice if I try to explain it, but, uh, just in my words for I hand it to Aaron is, is basically these guys are hunting public ground all over the country and, uh, giving it, you know, giving you daily updates through their Instagram, their Facebook, their YouTube channel, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, so yeah, Aaron, before we start talking about, I definitely want to talk about more about the turkey activity y'all been seeing. Um, but kind of talk to me real quick about what the hunting public is and, and what y'all are doing. Well, uh, it's myself, Zach Farrenbaugh, Greg Clement, and we also have a couple of, uh, interns that work with us. Jay Kibschman and Brody Borderstrauss. Um, and Greg's wife, Mindy, helps us out a ton, too. But I'm sure yeah, she does, yeah. Mindy it, Mindy helped, it, helped us out a ton when I was up there. Oh, yeah. Um, it, we're kind of like a little family, you know. Oh, but yeah. uh, anyway, we just travel all around and hunt public land. We, we also have lots of our friends that submit footage to us that hunt on private land. Most of it's on permission um small properties that sort of thing and i guess in a nutshell the the whole mission and goal of the hunting public is to serve the hunting public um just to basically relate to the average hunter yeah because that's all we are we're, we're just regular regular joes you know living on uh you know a load of modest income if you could even call it that <laughs> so and and we just want to be in the woods all the time and and we show you know everything the whole process from going out and scouting for deer on public land scouting for turkeys trying to find places to hunt on public land you know traveling out of state to hunt public land show the whole process warts and all 
and just kind of allow our viewers to learn with us. We, we're more or less, we're trying to create a community of just regular hunters that, that can all relate to one another and help each other be successful in the field. Yeah. And I think y'all do a great job of that. And when I said, uh, when I was talking earlier about it being unique is, is, you know, you don't see one, there's the, the deal with how much, uh, I guess you'd call it just the constant updates you know, I mean, it's not like a, you know, when we do what we do, which we, you know, we do some, some live updates now too, but with what we do like on the outdoor channel, uh, you know, take for instance, the, the Turkey episodes we filmed this spring, you know, that's not going to air until next year, next spring on outdoor, which are doing is on, you know, they're seeing stuff hunts that happened, you know, a day, a day ago sometimes, you know, but it's never more than like a week old. Am I right? That's right. The hunt I'm working on right now will probably be posted in the next few days. And I just killed the, killed the turkey, I think, two or three days ago. Yeah. And, and, so. and, and that's cool because, you know, you're, the viewers are getting to see stuff that is, you know, pertinent right now. It's like stuff that's going on in the woods then, stuff that they can learn from. But the other thing, too, is, um, you know, I, we talk about hunting public land a lot. Or, you know, not, maybe not a lot, but we talk about it a good bit on this podcast. Um, and it's cool that y'all tackle it because it seems, and I want you to speak to this too. A lot of folks, um, seem to get intimidated by public land. You know, it's like they, you know, it has like kind of a, I don't know, a stick about it. People just assume it's going to be too hard or, or way too trafficked. It's just not even worth going. And I just kind of like how y'all just kind of bail off in there and, you know, figure it out. And, uh, it, like you said, sometimes it doesn't always work out successfully for y'all, but sometimes it does. And that's, I think seeing the ups and downs of it is what makes it what it is, you know? Yeah, man, there's a lot of misconceptions out there about public land. One of, one of the big ones is that, you know, I've, and I, I've been hunting it all my life. I've seen, yeah, I guess I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I once, once upon a time when I was younger, Every time I'd see another hunter or boot track out there, you know, it ticked me off. I was mad. I was like, well, dadgum, you know, there ain't no deer or turkeys in these woods. There's people tromping all over the place. I mean, right. I can relate to that to that line of thinking, but I eventually, I, I don't know, sort of outgrew that and realized that, you know, we're all out here after the same thing. Right. And we all have the same right to use it. You know, I've got the... Uh, the same right to use that land just just like the guy you know pulling up next to me in the parking lot three in the morning so once you once you come to that realization you have mostly positive experiences i mean i can i can count on one hand the amount of negative experiences that we've had with people on public land in the last seven or eight years yeah and a lot of times it's not even the hunter the other fellow hunters that are using the land it's folks that own land next to public ground that don't want you in there you know and but i'm not picking on them necessarily either i'm just trying yeah, yeah, yeah. As, yeah. as an example you know but yeah i mean most of the experiences we have are positive when we when we see other hunters out there we talk to them yeah well we, i mean i was watching uh congratulate them whatever yeah i, I was watching I'll, one of those episodes y'all did in uh i think y'all in alabama and where were y'all? Was it in Alabama when y'all had those those guys came and cooked out for y'all one night? Like grilled up. No, that was in Mississippi. Oh, okay, okay. That makes me feel better. Then it's from the home state. They're treating y'all good. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's and that's the way you know. I think that's the kind of uh, that's the the shade that 
public land hunting should be portrayed in, you know, because it shouldn't be viewed as intimidating, you know. But, um, yeah, so how many, let's see, how many different state? I mean, y'all hit a bunch of different states just this spring, correct? Yep, we have. Um, and y'all going to, so y'all started in? We started in Alabama. Yeah. And then that's when the turkey tour began and it was just sort of a day by day thing like you were talking about we just we i mean we would film and post a video on simply just the trip down there and finding a campsite to set up in and like what our camp looks like and you know what challenges we have to overcome there i mean whatever dude that I mean, was just, that video was hilarious i know which one you're talking about the one where well i know there's the one where y'all had to stop in that library and the the library workers made you howl in the middle of the in the middle of the library yeah that's the first one yeah, yeah. and then there was that one episode it looked like a it looked like a uh it looked like a poor man's version of MTV Cribs, where Zach was showing the the the, the tents and the, the the broken down grill that was left out there. It was it was funny, man. Uh, oh yeah. But that's yeah. what I talk about when I say I like it. Though there's not, you know, you watch that y'all's episodes. There's not. You can tell there's not really any. You know, there's not any smoke and mirrors there. It's just brass tacks. Like this is what y'all are doing. This is the hunting, and it's just. I mean, it's there's a. I don't know. I like it. You know, it just feels real. You know, it feels very relatable you know what i mean yeah well i mean it's it's a lot of work to crank out that much content in a in a short period of time but you know in that in that alabama trip that you're talking about there that was our first trip of the year and i think it took us seven or eight days to kill a turkey yeah well that's so we had yeah it's not surprising full of videos kind of leading into that first kill yeah you know so people knew how hard we were <laughs> We were working to try to kill yeah. one, well, and and we are, we're no experts down south. I mean, I know those guys down there are freaking turkey ninjas. I mean, you guys, them are the hardest turkeys in the in the world, as far as I'm concerned. They yeah. cross that southern belt there from, you know, Louisiana clear over to South Carolina and down into Florida and stuff. Them are just they're mean. Them turkeys make you pull your hair out. Yeah. yeah, that'll make you really have respect for guys like you know. Like, thrash and keith polk and them guys that can do it consistently oh yeah yeah oh yeah and they're humble as they come they won't ever spit they won't ever speak to it but yeah those guys are turkey playing machines ain't no doubt dave owens i mean all those guys just natural born killers but yeah. Yeah. we we started there in alabama and hunted there for let me think about eight nine days and then we jumped over to mississippi and hunted there for six or seven days you you asked a while ago how many states you've been to and i had to kind of step back and think about it yeah we've been to alabama mississippi ohio new york missouri kansas oklahoma nebraska iowa nine is that nine nine's a lot of states unless i counted wrong which is not you know unheard of i think it's nine I think that's probably right, yeah. and I could be missing one somewhere along the line. <laughs> you have to go back through your archives and watch. <laughs> yeah, well, we're we're finishing up in Iowa now. We're headed to Wisconsin next yeah. week to, to yeah. wind down the season. Yeah, well, see, you're about in the same shoes as us then as far as that goes. Like, y'all started in – see, we started in Florida. My first turkey hunt was, I think it was on March the 3rd, something, somewhere in there, early March. And now me and Jordan got to Pennsylvania today. We're hunting here in uh, near Pittsburgh with uh, our buddy Levi for a few days. 
Uh, and that's well, our, you should be hitting it about right up there. I would hope so. Every and that's what I want to talk to you about. We're it, we're we're one of the things I want to talk to you about. Um, I'm hoping that we're hitting it right because I'm ex, with the ex, exception for of Mississippi and, and back home. Back home seemed like it was normal. And when I say normal, the every other place we've traveled to this year. Um, let's see, Missouri, Iowa, Oklahoma. Kansas, New Mexico, um, even Florida, those places seemed very, very late this year in terms of how the turkeys were acting, just behind where they normally are, as far as the you know. I mean, I guess so. When we go to New Mexico, we always go to New Mexico the first of May. Like we usually leave on May the first, and usually when we get to that spot where we hunt, those turkeys are ripping. I mean, they're they're wide open. You know, they're 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 the temperament you want to be when you want to hunt a turkey. And we get there, and they're acting like it's Mississippi in February. Like they're gobbling yeah. on a limb, and they hit the ground, they strut around a little bit, and then that's it. That's it. They're done for the day. They're gonna peck around the rest of the day. Yep. Have you all that's seen? Well laid everything we saw. Yeah. Definitely. That's what I wanted to talk to you about that because that's something that we have definitely seen. And we we were asking other hunters and stuff, you know, seeing if we just from our observation. So y'all have seen that same kind of activity where y'all have been. Oh, yeah, pretty well across the board, um, except for the southern hunts, like you said. But, I mean, when you're hunting Mississippi, Alabama on opening week down there, you're you're those are hard turkeys oh, usually yeah. every year because they're yeah. super hand up. Yeah, well, um, even, but, I mean, early, yeah, early season in Mississippi – or Alabama, anywhere in the South is is very difficult just because, um, and we've talked about this before, that early season, they're one, they're still grouped up usually, and two, the woods are so open. I mean, wide open. There's no foliage on the trees or anything. Right. Yeah, and it was late. I mean, from that point north, as we worked our way up, um, it was late everywhere we went. It was super late in Kansas, opening week in Oklahoma. Opening week, it was super late turkeys were a good week and a half two weeks behind you know uh same thing in missouri same thing in iowa we we got out we hunted northwest nebraska and the birds were pretty grouped up when we were hunting them out there in late april yeah which those turkeys once you get up in the mountains in the kind of northwest nebraska and then up into the black hills and stuff i mean they can they can have really great weather for two or three weeks and then have a blizzard come in and set them back you know so right it's hard to it's hard to say for sure with with them where they were at in the season, but uh, as far as the easterns go, and the rios that we were hunting in Kansas and Oklahoma, man, they were behind. Yeah. Uh, and we really usually in Missouri, the hunting starts getting real good if it's an average spring about the end of the second week, the big, or the middle part of the second week. Week this year in Missouri, the hunting did not get good until the end of the third week, and yeah. I was in the northern part of the state. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, dude, I was I was texting you just a few days ago when we were in Kansas, you know, and uh, yeah, we even me and Jordan talked about it because you know we were talking. We said everywhere we've gone this year, it's been late. Well, typically, the those days we were in Kansas, you that would be kind of towards getting late in the season, you know, and we were thinking, man, we might actually hit it right because we're going later than we normally would. Man, we get there, those turkeys are still hinned up. I'm talking super hinned up. There were there were still uh gobblers in groups i mean it was just it was wild it was it was so wild to see i mean it was we got to the point um we had like the first turkeys we killed 
Jordan and then Seth, one of the guys that we were hunting with out there, uh, they shot a double. And uh, we had to get, like, we saw these turkeys in a crop field, and they were in a spot, luckily, where we could uh, drop into a creek bottom and then walk that creek bottom and then get on a tree line and kind of just hug the tree line because it had a curve to it. We got within 100 yards of those turkeys before we started calling, and that's what we had to do to get any kind of reaction out of them. Because if you got any further back, they were just not, they just weren't feeling it. You know, they were just off doing their thing. You know, it was it was weird. It really was. Yeah, we run into some of that same behavior, too, this year. And they would they would start to come out of it if you got three, four days of of good mild average or slightly warmer than average temps. Yeah, you know, and and you started getting some more spring-like weather, if you will. But they'll bounce right back into that behavior if they if that cold weather comes back. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it, it, one area wasn't necessarily created. You know, all those areas aren't created equal. But what was tending to happen to us a lot is that very thing. They would have a, a day or two where the weather would get right, and you could see the birds starting to kind of spread out throughout the day a little bit yeah you could you could you could see them start to you know at least move towards that that stage in the year where you want them to be but then you'd have another big cold front come through and the wind be blowing 25 miles an hour and highs in the high 40s you know when you when you're in oklahoma kansas missouri and you're in middle of april and the highs are 48 cloudy spitting rain with 20 mile an hour wind those turkeys they're just not going to be very active throughout right. the day. yeah yeah you know they're going to pitch down and they're going to stay clumped up in a tight group most of the day yeah but that's a good thing with turkeys it doesn't take long and once that once that weather finally broke and we got some real humid days and some wet weather in missouri and iowa there uh, it only took about a week of that and then boom they were you know right back into the mode that you want them to be and we started killing them yeah see it, it's funny you, you should say that because we actually um is one of the mornings in kansas uh seth the guy we were hunting with he said man there's this uh there's this group of birds i've been watching and uh, they were flying down into a uh, a planted cornfield and uh, excuse me no it wasn't planted it had just been worked over it hadn't been planted yet and uh he said, I've been watching them every day. He said, it's like 11 hens and four gobblers. They fly down, they hit that field, and they're just out there doing their thing. I think we can get on them. And so the first day, we get in there early. We get in there on them. We get close, but we couldn't get either of them to, you know, any of those gobblers to commit. And uh, But we were sitting there, and we watched them. And uh, one of the gobblers came out first with the hens, and then two others came out, and uh, they started fighting each other jumping around and you know you know flogging each other and running each other around and they all kind of spread off and then they cleared the field and jordan said we may have just witnessed a breakup and the next morning we went back in there and we heard all those gobblers but they were all separated we'd like watched yeah. it we'd watched it happen you know it was it was pretty cool yeah man it don't take long once they decide it to you gotta if you're there right after they break up you're in the chips yeah and uh it, it was weird i mean it was weird because you know we talk about the late stuff but it was it was like every day um that it that it happened because we had warm weather every day it would get a little bit better not by any long stretches but it would get a little bit better you know um, no, but if you if you extrapolate that you know out over a week you know 
at the end of the week, it's way better than it was at the beginning of the week. Yeah, and that's what we were saying. We were like, man, if we could stay here a few more days, it's liable to get really good. But we, you know, we couldn't. We had to come over. Um, you know, we only got so many days left to hunt. So, but uh, and we, you know, we we managed to stick with it long enough. We ended up um, Jordan and Seth killed that double, and then I killed one. So we ended up with three. So it wasn't a bad trip. It was just we had to we had to scrap for it pretty hard. But um, sure, Pennsylvania should be getting about right. New York. Um, was super super tough about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. You know, I guess I guess PA has just come in there at the at the start of the month. Yeah. But Zach was up there for a week and they they were just so tough during opening week. But yeah. by now they was they should start to break loose a little bit, especially if you get some warm weather. Yeah. Well, hopefully so. I think we're gonna have a little um, some thunderstorms to deal with here and there, but uh we were me and jordan were laughing about it on on the drive over here we're like man we've dealt with so many other tough conditions you know this spring thunderstorms you know just add it to the list we'll figure it out some way or another <laughs> but yeah uh, it, i'll take those any day yeah. you can have all the blizzards and that cold windy weather though yeah oh gosh yeah we got snow spit on us in new mexico and that was about all i wanted of that you know yeah <laughs> yeah yep um so let's move over to some uh, some public land like tactics and tips, I guess, because we always get asked, you know, questions and stuff, you know, in regards to hunting public land and how you tackle different, you know, scenarios and stuff like that. Uh, I'm gonna go with one first that uh, I've been meaning to address that got sent in a while back, um, and I've been holding it off. I mean, it's just kind of a specific question, um, and I thought no one better than you, you know, would be good enough, would be good to answer it because you know you're hunting public all the time uh and the guy asked uh what what we thought or your thoughts on using a uh strutter decoy or a male turkey decoy on public land as far as you know not as much as you know being successful with it but do you think that's a smart thing to do as far as you know like safety is concerned uh we've done it in the past and it's it's worked you know on birds as far as I guess we'll break it down into two different parts of it, the hunting aspect and the safety aspect of it. If you're going to pack one around on public and use it from a safety aspect, you need to have that sucker broke down and in some kind of a bag with an orange flag on it or something while you're transporting it in and out of the woods. Yeah. Um, Because that's when, you know, the majority of the accidents are going to happen is when you're moving around on turkeys. If you've got a decoy out in the open, you know, his head specifically, where somebody could see that moving through the brush and mistake it for a turkey, that's going to be put yourself in a dangerous position. So right. Make sure that you've got something on them, you know. Uh, and then as far as uh, setting up goes and, and hunting goes, we just, we kind of play it to... With, with every situation is slightly different, you know. Yeah. Um, it just depends on how close you are to the road. It depends on how many people that you're seeing on the place. And not to say that you, you couldn't run into anybody at any point. I mean, that's not really how accidents happen. It's because you don't expect somebody to be there. And they, right, they right. get on you somehow and they're in a, in a spot that you didn't anticipate. But we set up multiple times with no decoys where we're hunting turkeys with inside of the road just because yeah. we don't want somebody taking a pop shot at our decoy. I mean, in Oklahoma, for example, we had a, a half-struck Jake 
out in the field for a little bit, and we were hunting turkeys like 50, 60 yards off of this old dirt road. Yeah. Um, which is legal to do in this spot. Uh, but we were just standing up throughout most of the afternoon watching up and down that road because we wanted to see if somebody was driving down. And a couple of times somebody drove down that road, and both times they stopped and looked past us and at that decoy. Hmm. Now, we were we were in a position like right next to him in that ditch where we could have yelled at those guys and said, hey, 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 you know, wait a minute. If they had the gun out or anything like that, but it just goes to show you, like, they saw that turkey decoy and as realistic as they are nowadays. Yeah. You just have to be so and careful with it. Yeah. Um, so, well, if we're hunting big, wide open fields where we can see a long distance, no that there's, you know, only one way a hunter could come in from, then we may use them. Yeah. But don't typically use them in the woods um, just because you're you're mimicking a male turkey. Yeah. You know, and, and we do pack we do pack decoys with us almost every time that we go out. But we're hunting on public land. We probably only use them about 30 percent of the time yeah yeah i understand i'm a, a lot of the times that we're on public it's most of the time when we go um it's usually we usually just take a hen and, and we either it's kind of a just depends on the situation and the setup whether we use it or we don't uh yeah and it, it that's exactly it um every turkey is different every location that you're at is different i mean flocks dynamic change from one spot to the next Right. You know, where a Jake or a full strut decoy may not work on a particular bird. Right. It may bring in a stubborn turkey that otherwise wouldn't have come in. Yeah. So it's it's nice to have something like that. It's just, I mean, you always talk about throwing the kitchen sink at them. It's nice just to have a few more tools in your toolbox. Yeah. yeah. Just in case you get a bird that you can't, can't uh, get to commit, you've got that decoy with you. But we're very, very cautious about, you know, where when we use them, where we use them, how we set them out, you know, and, and we try to stay away from setting them right on the top of a ridge and like backing off the side of the ridge because that, you know, people can see that thing from a long distance. So of course, so can a turkey, but you can't see a hunter coming in yeah. from that perspective. Yeah. If, if we're on public, we'd like to be able to, in a position where we can, we have the wide vantage point. We can tell if somebody is coming in yeah. on us or not. Don't put yourself in a situation where it's real thick and you've got one of those decoys out there and a turkey gobbling in front of you and you can't see hardly anything around you because that's when accidents happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for but, sure, for sure. Yeah, as far as full strut decoys go, we we like using them. We just, uh, you know, we just don't use them very often. I, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I don't know if I've personally ever taken a full strut decoy on public. I think most of the time, if I want a male uh, turkey decoy on public, I usually just go with a Jake. But uh, yeah. um, but yeah, uh, as far as like, so when you're going to, uh, you know, when you're planning out a new trip, you know, like say take Alabama. Had either y'all hunting? Had any of y'all hunted that that spot in Alabama before? Before y'all? No, went? never. Okay, so perfect time for this question then. Um, not gonna ask y'all where I went because that's like you know that's like the code you don't do that but uh <laughs> but uh like so when you're you're figuring you know you figure out a new spot like I'm going here or I'm going there like like what are some of the things that y'all do in preparation for going there y'all studying maps or y'all you know looking at you know calling uh biologists from that area you know what's kind of stuff y'all do to get ready 
doing a little bit of everything. Uh, we definitely get on maps first, and we try to identify the the public areas, the boundaries, the access points, because you can you can really get way way ahead of yourself on these trips. You know, a couple thousand acres is a lot of land, for example. Yeah. And if you're hunting in, if you're hunting a public area, a lot of times people are hunting, you know, national forests sometimes that are thousands and thousands, you know, forty, fifty thousand and bigger. And you can almost think way too big going into it. So from a mapping standpoint, we're starting off looking at the access points and the areas on the public area that are going to be most difficult to access. Yeah. Or that you're gonna have the most, you know, the most yeah most difficult spots to access whether that's because of a minimum maintenance road that is not you know a blacktop road it's a mud road um whether it's a walk-in only area and many times you can't identify that stuff from maps you you can you know on occasion but you're you're guessing when you're looking at a map and you're marking out all these points of interest and then when you get there you go check the access see if see what they allow right there you know do they allow atvs in there do they allow vehicles in there do they is it on uh, foot traffic only you know is it only open for so many hours per day that's another thing like some public areas in some states are only open till noon some are open all day you just have to you know you can only camp on certain parts of the area and you have to do all that research up front but then after you do that you get to drilling in on where the turkeys are. Yeah. And turkeys have to have habitat diversity. They are slightly different than a whitetail because they're not near as adaptable. Right. I mean, turkeys are upland birds. They're pretty fragile species. They have to have very specific habitat features in order to exist. <clears throat> and if you can identify those on a map before you go in to an area and you guess right and there is turkeys in there, you're going to be you know, several steps ahead of yeah. where you would have been otherwise. You know, don't just take a great big swath of timber, for example, down south and be like, oh, man, there's, you know, 800-acre continuous block here. There. There's got to be a turkey in there. Well, there may be or there may not be. Right, right, yeah. He, he doesn't need just timber. He, I mean, they have to have water. they got to have cover, like thicker cover, yeah. that waist-high type stuff, knee-high stuff that uh, hens love to nest yeah, in, nest, razor poles yeah. in. Nest and habitat, yep. Yeah, they've, they've got to have open areas to go and feed and strut. They've got to have, you know, if you're talking about down south, they have to have a mix of hardwoods and pines a lot of times. Uh, so you're really looking for all those habitat types coming together in a relatively small area. You know, I'd say half-mile area or smaller. Once you find that, it may be right next to the road, but if it if it has all those habitat types, there's going to be turkeys there. Yeah. So you don't overlook those spots that are right next to the road. You know, a lot of folks will walk by them, walk by where the turkeys are, trying to get in there deeper than everybody else Yeah. in a huge block of timber like that. But if you go way back in there and they don't have the habitat diversity that they need, they're going to be gobbling at you from back towards the truck. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I guess in a nutshell, you're looking for that habitat diversity, then you're looking for a habitat diversity that's hardest to access. Yeah. And then the most, I would say the one of the more overlooked things is your ability to listen. 
So you you find those areas, and then you get on a topo map, and you find the high points around those, and go to those spots first thing in the morning, or any time of the day for that matter. The higher you are on a good, calm, clear morning, the better off you're going to be able to hear all that country. Yeah. And, and a lot of folks will just want to dive right in there, you know. And and sometimes you can kill turkeys doing that. But well, we're on these public areas like that one in Alabama. We're going in there trying to hear one turkey gobble one time. I yeah. mean, that's how tough these areas are. Like there's there's not a bunch of a bunch of gobblers running around because they're shot. Right. You know, yeah. they get hunted really hard. And there's a there's a decent amount of country and a decent amount of birds, but just not a whole lot of them are using the public land on one you know, five, six hundred acre area, you might have one long beard. Yeah. Mm. And, and like you were saying too, the time of y'all season you are going, it's not like, you know, at that time of the year, you might not have the luxury of hearing that turkey just gobble his head off. He may only give you one gobble. No. Yeah. Yeah. They're hitting up like the devil then. So you, and that's the, that's turkey's biggest weakness. You got to remember that is in the spring is their gobble. So if you can hear that sucker, especially early like that, if you can hear him from a high spot and you can mark him on the map, really drill down into where he's at, where he's roosted, or where he's at when he's gobbling, then you can slide in there and start to put the rest of the pieces together. You can find tracks. You can find out where they're roosted. You can find out the direction that they're going from the roost and how they're getting back to the roost. Yeah. Once you start putting together all those pieces, then you're in the game. Yeah. But... Yeah. You got to hear them first. I yeah, mean, yeah. One of the coolest ones, and I mean, I don't know if you're thinking about this while you're explaining it, but um, I can't but help but think about that one, uh, that turkey that you 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 were on him for a few days in Alabama. The one that you didn't shoot because uh, he he was right on that line on private and he wouldn't cross it, so you had to let him let him yep. go. But you spent yep. several days on that turkey, figuring out his routine and figuring out where he liked to hang out. Yeah, and we. And we'd found other birds before that, but they'd either been, you know, getting hunted or they only wanted to stay on private. We actually located that turkey um, in the middle of the day. I had pulled down an old, uh, one of those old dirt roads, and we were walking down the dirt road, found a couple of tracks, and we hit the call um, loud as we can. We use them loud, high-pitched friction calls in the middle of the day, you know, just to try to strike a gobble. I will not necessarily call one to the road. You know, you're just trying to hear a turkey. Right. So I called one time. He didn't answer me, but then I heard a crow in there, and I started calling on a crow call, got some crows excited, and then he answered a crow. Hmm. So we knew there was a turkey there. He was a half mile in there. He's right on the public-private fence. We slipped in there that day. He didn't gobble another time. Didn't hear him. But we heard him in that spot, so we marched on the map. Came back there the next morning. Heard him in there gobbling a little bit, uh, not very, you know, half dozen times. That was it. And by the time we slid in there, you know, because we we're getting to a high spot where we can hear that vast area. Yeah. By the time we slid in there, he shut up. Hmm. So we just spent the next four or five hours that day just slide through the woods, just quiet as we could, just observing, looking, you know, for tracks, for scratching, where he could have been roosted at just doing everything we can to learn the area without spooking the turkey. Right. That's the biggest thing. It's like, he's the only game in town. If you spook him, then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're hunting and scouting at the same time, but we're doing it extremely cautiously. Right. So after, after that, 
then we knew the land. So we heard a turkey in there. Then we got to know the, the area without spooking him. The next morning, we figured out a different way to access it where we could get in there really tight to his roost. And we were in there 100 yards from his roost at first light and started gobbling. And we just about killed him that morning. But we, we got run out of the woods by a thunderstorm. I think we probably would have killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Hammering off the wind. But had a thunderstorm come in, we had to just get out of the woods, save the camera here, and save ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that <laughs> so, video. Yeah. You were bummed out. Yeah. But yeah, it was the fourth day that you're talking about when we finally got that bird to commit. Yeah. And and unfortunately, he came in and he was right on the other side of the yellow paint. I mean, he was 25 yards from me. And I was on the public side of the fence, but he, he cupped around the ridge instead of coming down it. You know, if he had came down it, he would have been on the public side of the fence and we could have killed him. And, and to be honest, there's no fence. They're just paint. Yeah. Um, just a line down to the timber. But... Yeah. He was right on the other side of that sucker. Yeah, he was well, over there about 15 steps. Kudos to you because there's a lot of folks that wouldn't have done that. <laughs> they oh, don't went, they I, went I, ahead I and spent the shell. Oh, yeah. They, 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 you can't I get knocked for having that. Yeah, you, you, you can't get knocked for having the desire to shoot them, but you you didn't. So that's, yeah, kudos to you for that one. But uh, And, you know, you can most folks, they can shoot that turkey, run over there and grab him. Nobody's going to know, know the, the difference. But here's the deal. You're the one that shoots the turkey. You got to live with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like as soon as you shoot that bird over there on somebody's land, and you you grab him, take him out of there. Maybe you don't get caught. Maybe you do. Whatever. But you're gonna have that in the back of your head. Yeah. No. Yeah. Forever. So it's it's just one of them deals. Like no, you know, if that was my land, I wouldn't want somebody over here shooting this, shooting the turkey. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. You no. Know? Yeah. So I absolutely get it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, that that's uh, it's always interesting, you know, hearing, because uh, I did a podcast with Thrash too, talking about public land stuff, and I always like hearing guys, uh, that hunt public land a lot and are successful at it, and hearing their different approaches because both of you, you know, both you and Thrash are successful, but both of y'all have very different approaches when it comes to initially getting, getting to where, uh, getting to you know putting yourself in the game, putting yourself in in turkeys. Both of y'all have different approaches in doing that. And that's that's what's cool about it, is just hearing those different points of view on it, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Thresh man knows the stuff. We hunted together there in Mississippi, and we killed we, – we actually killed a bird. Well, we called one up for Jake at about 3, 4 in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, I saw that hunt. But uh, it, took us, it took us all day to find that turkey. Yeah, um, that's a Mississippi turkey for you. But, yeah, um, we hunted – four or five different areas throughout the entire day before we finally found one of them that, that uh, wanted to play. Yeah, that you sounds know, about right. And we could, we could do something with him. But. Yeah. Um, well, look, man, we don't. Uh, I'm not going to hold you much longer. I'm sure you're probably hunting tomorrow. I know we're hunting tomorrow. But um, before, I, before I let you go, I do want um, want to ask you, like, so what's, what's next for the hunting public? You know, what, what can we look for? Uh, after turkey season and in, and in the upcoming future? Uh, we're going to do some, I think we're going to do some kayak, smallmouth bass fishing this summer. Uh, in June, we're going to do some wild game cooking uh, with Chef Aaron Hill. We're going to show a lot of our recipes and that sort of thing that we use on the game that we take. Yeah. Dude, I want to make that turkey breakfast sandwich y'all put on. Oh, dude, it's something else, man. Good I'm grief, that looks good. 
it's a real good option because you take those tenders out of the inside of the breast meat, you know, you just make breakfast sandwiches out of those. You don't even freeze them. So when you're in the house cleaning up your bird in the sink, you just take those those tenders out of it and throw them in a frying pan quick and you freeze the rest of it or whatever you want to do with it, vacuum seal it. Yeah. Um, but those, that's all that is. It's just those little tenders on the inside of the breast meat. But, yeah, we got lots of wild game recipes that we're going to be showing. And then towards the end of June, we'll get into more deer scouting stuff. We'll switch gears into the whitetail stuff. Yeah. And then carry that on through Christmas. Yeah. Um, and maybe slightly after that. But we'll be... We'll be doing a public land whitetail tour this fall, which should be pretty interesting. We're awesome. going to travel all over the place hunting public land, kind of like we did with turkeys, except, yeah. you know, we'll probably spend more time in those areas than we did with turkeys. Yeah. yeah. I know we're going back to Alabama. We're going to try to get down there and do some bow hunting awesome. this fall. So. Awesome. Um, man, if you're going fishing, you need to slip down to Mississippi to go hand grabbing catfish. Oh man, I'd love to do that. Have you have you ever? I guarantee you. Aaron, have you ever grabbed a catfish before, Aaron? Are you? Is that something? No, that... <laughs> no, I've never, I've never done that. Lake, never in my life. You know, me being a Missouri boy, it's not legal up here in our part of the world, so yeah. I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah, well, it's a riot. But actually, it was legal. It was legal for a brief period of time. Newlers Anonymous guys got a few uh, areas in Missouri. Um, passed and were legal there for a couple of years but yeah. right now it's not um in many states in the midwest it's not but yeah i guarantee you it looks awful fun i might have to come down there and do that with well, well we're grabbing it at it's in public waters that's, yeah. that's where we do all of ours <laughs> you need to come down and go that it's sounds fun. good man yeah that'd be pretty fun guarantee it yeah well all right buddy man i know I, I won't hold you any longer um but man i always appreciate it um so guys Thank y'all for listening. Uh, Aaron, thanks for being on. Um, you need If y'all haven't, y'all need to go check out The Hunting Public. It's very exciting. Um, Aaron, I, I don't want to misquote. Where can they find The Hunting Public at? Uh, just go to YouTube and type in The Hunting Public or uh, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at The Hunting Public. Gotcha. All right, buddy. We'll have a new website out real soon here in about the next month or so, but those are the best places to find us. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Um, well, guys, definitely go check that out. Uh, we're going to get going i'm pretty sure both of us are going to be hitting the woods tomorrow so as always thank y'all for listening to the speak the language podcast